Welcome to Other You, a podcast where we discuss a decision in our lives that may or may not have had a long-lasting impact. We unpack some of the factors behind it and then explore in short story form what the other version of ourselves might have experienced around that time or shortly thereafter. I'm your host, Dee. Let's see where this story takes us. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Danny Moreno. Please call me Dee. And on today's episode of Other You, I have my good buddy, Aaron Wimmer. Today's episode is called Other Aaron in his honor. And Aaron, so glad to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to reiterate the intro, uh, the purpose of the show, uh, we're calling this episode Other Aaron, is to uh, take a decision that Aaron has made at some point in his life, whether it was super important or rather innocuous and kind of explore what another version of him might have experienced if he chose a different choice gave you know had the pastrami instead of you know the whatever although we know that aaron is a vegetarian so he probably would not ever have the so other you might have the pastrami that might be the case it it may have been the case but unfortunately i I still don't think it's happening (laughs) yeah (laughs) not a big cured meats kind of guy ah that is fair that is fair uh, cool beans. So, Aaron, do you have? Let's get right down to it. Do you have a decision? Ooh, I do. I've I've been been thinking on it all week. Okay. And I'm not gonna lie. I have I have two so so stuck in my head. And I've had a hard time deciding if I want to go with the one that kind of I can directly see the change in my life, or the one that's okay. a little bit more. Uh, like we have a little bit more to play with so i'm having a having okay. a, i kind of went back and forth well, um, well hit, hit me with both let's talk about both of them and we can kind of unpack cool a little bit of both of them so the first one i feel like is gonna be a reoccurring theme you'll probably hear quite a bit just because i don't know it's a big time in people's lives and it was uh college it had it had to do with college because okay uh, um I, you know, was thinking about potentially going out of town for school. I'm originally from Albuquerque, New Mexico, but I ultimately ended up staying in uh, Albuquerque for school. Uh, There there are reasons for that. But the other one, yeah, no, actually, I want to go with the second one. I'm going to say I I would definitely want to go with the second one. All right, we're going to cross that out. Let's hear the second one. Go ahead. I would like to talk about the choice to skateboard and how it's impacted my life and if i had okay. never gotten into skateboarding or like just gave it up after trying it for the first time all right skateboard perfect let me i'm gonna take a whole bunch of a copious amounts of notes um right. so for skateboarding when did you start skateboarding so i probably experienced like experienced a skateboard for the first time when i was probably seven or eight, I had an uncle who skated a lot and he kind of passed it along to, to me and my brother. Mm-hmm. But I probably didn't start really kind of taking it in as my own and my own hobby until I was 12 or 13. It's kind of seventh, eighth grade, kind of like okay. towards the end of middle school for me. That is when you started. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So... Let's see here. Seven or eight. Have you been skateboarding ever since? Like nonstop? So I've kind of gone in and out. Like I, I've always had a skateboard. I've always had at least a skateboard. I, I enjoy it. I still love it. I've actually been doing it quite a bit. 
during yeah. uh, this uh, during the pandemic because it's an activity I can do by myself and kind of get outside for a little bit. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I've got I've kind of waned in interest at times. Um, okay. To, to bring back college, I used it as a means of transportation more than kind of the the trick based thing that a lot of people are familiar with. But okay. Yeah, it's it's been kind of an ever present part of my life. I'd say. Okay. All right, this is fun. So, did you grow up also uh, because of your interest from such a young age? Did you grow up like playing Tony Hawk or oh, other yeah. types of big time? Is oh, yeah. that the jam? <laughs> yeah. So it's funny you say that because that kind of like is another huge pillar of my life. Is while well, Tony Hawk is is a game that I feel like a lot of people of our generation are attached to. Mm-hmm. Um, it also completely informed my taste in music too yeah so like the first tony the first couple tony hawk actually i guess it's every tony hawk game he personally curates the music and it's a lot of punk and it's a lot of hip-hop which is still my jam to this day it's everything i listen to so like i can honestly say that playing tony hawk the uh there's a couple songs that stood out one of them is a song called police truck by the dead kennedys Oh, yeah. And, I love that song. Yeah. And they are one of my all time favorite bands. And like, it's because of Tony Hawk's. Like, I need to know who this is. And I want to know more about this type of music. And mm-hmm. like, it's that's how I kind of started that journey of my life, too. Wow. Wow. So, so then you can uh, confidently say that skateboarding informed a major part of your style and your own personal culture. Without a doubt. I, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so this decision uh, to pursue skateboarding and in 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 keeping with that, uh, the idea of connecting, you know, very uh, intensely with Tony Hawk, informing a lot of your style, your music choices, and things of that nature. Um, not choosing that is going to give me man. That's like a whole universe of playfulness uh, because of options that have nothing to do with skateboarding of course. Uh, because it's funny it's like that one like what little choices that we make that kind of inform our tastes uh mean we might lean a little more towards this whole spectrum of things that involve like skateboarding and the like versus i mean like music itself if if um your affinity for skateboarding took you to tony hawk and he's easy to idolize because he's a super chill and cool dude and mm-hmm. he's phenomenal at skateboarding if that was able if he was in, able to influence your musical tastes you know and not to say that punk and hip-hop is not already great music by itself but i feel like it's super easy to fall in line that way i oh, i couldn't agree more well i do want to throw in one other little detail and like that kind of led oh. me towards skateboarding okay. uh if I never got into skateboarding, I probably wouldn't have a surgically repaired shoulder. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that is good to know. When did, uh, how old were you when that happened? Well, so when I was 13, I dislocated my left shoulder for the first time. And then and from 13 to 17, it, I probably did it about 17 times. Jeez. And it led to the point where I, where I couldn't reach for things without it being a problem. So I had yeah. to like have it fixed. So whoa, yeah. So oh I, man, yeah. So ouch. Just the thought of it. I dislocated my shoulder when I was like sixteen. Okay. Um, and it's happen? never been the same. 
Uh, I was working at a grocery store trying to save up money to pay for prom, Ooh. right? And I was pushing shopping carts, right? That was the majority of what I did. And one day I was moving them inside the store to put them in their stack and uh, it got caught on a rug. And oh. I like, I tugged and I moved and my, I held onto the cart and the cart did not move and my shoulders just went right oh. up. It was... Yeah, and it's yep. never been the same. Like I still get it gets tired mm-hmm. fast, like super fast. Oh my so, god, I, I completely um, relate. <laughs> oh goodness, great. That's uh, uh, that's, but that's funny. So like the first time, what did the first time it happened? Were you skateboarding? I was, yeah. Ah, so that's like right when you started. So it was it's about yeah, not thirteen. Long after. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So has skateboarding taken you any place um, interesting? other than just developing as a human who is a fan of skateboarding and injecting themselves in that lifestyle so not so much because i will say i am not super great <laughs> I'm, i would say I, <laughs> I would say for as long as i've been at it i would say i'm kind of not good um i like okay. it like i ha- i can control a board i can i can absolutely ride around i can i can skate a bowl i can do some stuff but like i'm not super technical so okay Anywhere it's taken me has been more through the social aspect. Yeah. Um, like a lot of my friends in high school, I would talk to them like, oh, yeah, like I love skating. It's so much fun. Tell them to do this. And I kind of convinced my friends like, I think you should get a skateboard. I think we should do stuff. Yeah. And so I was the first one of my friends to get a car. So I guess okay. I can say like, it physically took me places in the sense that we would – in high school, I'd have friends stay over and we'd wake up super early the next day so we could go, like, go hit a skate park on the far side of town before anyone else got there, like as the sun came up. So we didn't get bugged. Smart. But yeah. like, yeah, like it didn't really, t- I, it never provided an opportunity, I guess. Um, okay. You know, the uh, this is like such a lame thing to say, but like in this, no. if you're going to compare it to other sports, um, cause you know, mm-hmm. it's an, it's an Olympic sport now. So of course it's yeah. a sport. Yeah. Um, it definitely kind of taught me a, like while I, it was a social, social activity for me, it's something I did with my friends. It yeah. definitely taught me a wit, like a mentality of like, you gotta go get it yourself. Cause no one's going to do it for you. Like I had, like, you don't get better at it because you're on a good team you get on better right. at it because you dedicate yourself to it yeah and because it requires discipline and so i guess like it taught me that and that influences things in my life but i don't think it really took me anywhere because i was never very good <laughs> <laughs> all right um so you used it as a mode of transportation predominantly in college and you said you stayed in albuquerque uh give me an idea of your relationship with Albuquerque does it does it feel like a small town does it feel big enough to um explore lots of things and be confident in your ability to explore um and being in like quasi southwest um does it it's it's I'm assuming it's mostly dry yeah incredibly so very very much so Okay, um, so not dealing with a lot of rain or snow or anything like that should make for like almost at all times skateboarding opportunities. Absolutely, like you know when you live there, um, Albuquerque because it's a high desert. It does we do have cold winters. It's obviously not cold like Chicago, but right. You know it's not 
unlikely for it to be a 40 degree day with a 20 degree night kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it's mostly a per, like you can get out most days of the year. You can go out and you can do things. Um, Albuquerque, it's a weird thing because when I left, because Mm -hmm. uh, I was what I was, sorry, I'm trying to think it was like three years ago. So I left Mm -hmm. Albuquerque when I was 25. And okay. at that time, it was like, it's a, like, there's, I got to get out of here. I got to find something with more. Yeah. And uh, now it's considered like the second, like, if you're not going to live in New York or Los Angeles, it's pretty much like that. You should live here if you want to make it in film, because like Netflix and Universal both own studios there now. Uh, yeah. And it's become like, so like now there's like, like pop culture and things that generate mm-hmm. entertainment are now kind yeah. of converging on it. But um, yeah, it, it, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it's always felt like just my hometown, even if it is a fairly decent sized city. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and, and Albuquerque, how, you're what? 30 minutes from like El Paso. Uh, three and a half hours. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so Albuquerque, Albuquerque is in central New Mexico. Las Cruces what is the city. Of? You're thinking of Las Cruces. Las that's Cruces. Gonna, okay. That's the southern, pretty much the southernmost notable city in New Mexico. Gotcha. Um, it's just west of El Paso. I think they're like gotcha. 40, okay. 50 miles apart. So. Gotcha. Okay. So that's what I was thinking of. Uh, my uncle has lived in El Paso for the last, I don't know, 20, 20 some years. And oh, no I, in college, I knew somebody from New Mexico who said they lived close. And I just, I don't know. I just decided everyone that lives in New Mexico <laughs> lives in Albuquerque. Yeah, and, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's the only one you've heard of. Thank, thanks yeah, yeah, to Breaking be, Bad, even, we, it's the only one we even, know anymore, right? Yeah. Even though I know of Santa Fe, nobody knows Santa Fe. No one does. It's like a museum. I, I'm, That's I'm, not, I'm honest to God, still convinced no one lives in Santa Fe. Yeah. To this nobody day. Does. <laughs> nobody does. Okay. So, um, let's see here. Were you... Were you excited to see what kind of adventures you could get up to when you left um, New Mexico? Choosing Chicago, was it for comedy? Or it honest? So when I left New Mexico, it was actually um, like a couple things. Like I, so I, I uh, skateboarding took me to punk music, and I played in punk yeah. bands for a while, I, and I and I loved that. And it's something I did, yeah. and I definitely kind of felt. Like, I was like, well, I can go and do like music's a big thing in Chicago. I can go like be a part of this, it, whether or not it's a career decision. It's a mm-hmm. uh, it was like a lifestyle decision. Like I can go be involved in this community that's so much bigger than anything I've ever been around. Like, why would right. I not want to be a part of that? Yeah. And yeah, no. And, and like, I've always had a love for comedy. And so I, I that that was just kind of happens. It's like, well, I guess I should maybe go get back into this. Like, because I yeah was a theater kid all on top of being a skate rat i was a theater kid so uh-huh. okay I've did you how much i'm telling you now so <laughs> it's kind of like bouncing around yeah so did you as a as a theater theater kid at the same time as a as a skateboarder do you feel like one of them took away from the other at any given point um or were you able to live and enjoy both of those independent of each other i i was 100 percent able to do both i i i it just was part of my i both were part of my identity i 
I okay. skated. Some of my friends who I did theater with also skated. I, it, yeah, it was, you know, I had rehearsal sometimes, but I was out by five. <laughs> Son stayed up till about seven most nights. So I was like, I had time. Right. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it was good. Okay. Yeah. So it, it didn't, it didn't take away. So okay. either, either direction. Either direction. Actually. Okay. And I, I, nope. Sorry. I misspoke. I just couldn't. Kidding. There were two shows that I was not able during my senior year of high school. I wasn't able to be part of two productions on the because I was a main stage actor in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> but because of my shoulder surgery I had to have, I, I couldn't oh, be no. in two productions. So, so <laughs> technically, yes, yes, it took that okay. away from me. <laughs> okay, bastard, bastard injuries. I can't um, believe it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So spent some time pursuing theater enjoyed skateboarding uh music so let's talk about music you said that do you feel like you chased after music because of your love for punk music because of skateboarding or do you feel like you were into playing music independently of everything you just liked playing music and punk was just kind of what you were what you felt like naturally drawn to so uh part of me wants to be able to tell you yeah it's always been punk rock baby i've always believed <laughs> in the dream but right? like honestly like, i grew up as a, a kid i was a very big kiss fan and i would love to what? uh play guitar like fake play guitar on my parents tennis rackets oh. and so I like definitely as a kid, it got in my mind. Like I like performing has always like kind of been like a thing in my mind. I've, okay. as I've gotten older, I've kind of like, well, maybe I could be better at other stuff. But like, as a kid it's like, nah, I'm going to be a star. And then, but it always felt so unattainable because like when you're a kid, like kiss is larger than life in every way. It's intentionally like overload. Right. But finding punk music and growing with it and learning more about it i that it it was kind of an aha moment was like oh wait i can play this like this isn't that hard like i understand right. this this is attainable and yeah. while you know for a lot of like i brought up dead kennedy's like well they were long broken up before i ever before i was even born but right there's there were so many examples of like oh no people can do this and like it's like you can play this music and people like it. And it's, and that's what really got me into playing music was just more like, Oh, I love this. And I loved the music. It's like, Oh no, I can make this. And now yeah. I can see people who are doing something that's really so exciting. And, uh, and it also kind of benefits that like around the time I'm kind of getting into this, a lot of people are learning how to put music on the internet and kind of just make, I want you to hear my music. And that's more important to me than selling yeah. my music. And yeah. that kind of is what inspired me. It's like, oh, no, there's a whole bunch of people who just want to share their art and do this thing with people. And it felt exciting. Wow. That's awesome. So when when did you join your first band that that actually played shows? Uh, that would have been. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it would have been when I was 17. 17. Okay. So I um, started Drums were my first instrument. And when I started playing drums, my younger brother decided that he wanted to play guitar because he wanted to just also have something to do. 
Right. Um, he didn't really stick with it. And okay. so there was just a guitar laying around. So while I was learning drums, I started learning how to play guitar between yeah. having a friend who I, I had a friend who was playing guitar. So I asked some questions, but I mm-hmm. kind of was able to figure it out because tabs were a big thing. So it was like, yeah. oh, cool. It just tells me exactly where to put oh my, my fingers. I, I don't have to read music. I can just look at it. Yeah, I lived and, I lived on tab websites in the late 90s, early 2000s. Were you a ultimate guitar guy or were you something else? No, you know, I never, I never played Guitar Hero or any of those games that kind of brought me to, or are you talking about that's the name of the... The, the tab yeah. site, Ultimate Guitar. Oh, yeah, Ultimate, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, so, they were, how many were there at the time? There was a bunch, there were so many. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that would have been the, the, like, the, the, the top option on, on Google at the time so yeah i mean ultimate guitar yeah man now that you say that <laughs> uh, i'm having a, i'm having a flood of of delicious also, memories uh, yeah i think there was t tabs also like ttabs.com okay. yeah. yeah no it was it was ultimate guitar yeah yeah for sure but like Great i was website. i was the guy that had like a, a thick stack like a ream of paper stack a printed out songs with the tabs on it. Same, same. Yeah. I would print them out so I could just practice in my room. Yep. And... Yeah. Great. Oh man. I, and, and so like I would do, I would do like multiples of the same song. So I would do just, just the music, right. With mm-hmm. the tabs. And then on a separate sheet, I would have all the lyrics with the, with the tabs over the lyrics. And then on a third sheet, I would have all of the solos, but then I would like write in my own solos, like uh, like okay, so this is the guitar, this is what's happening here, this is the yeah. drums, this is the bass, and then I would while I was playing, I would just decide, okay, for this part, I'm gonna play the bass solo, and then I would just play the bass solo. Oh man, that rules! I love that. Yeah, but you know what's what's funny though is of all the of all the countless hours I spent researching tabs and even playing tabs, I don't feel like it ever really taught me how better to play the guitar. I just oh, became same. this like robot of see it, play it. I don't think I, it helped me develop an understanding. And I think like I, I, I justified my lack of progress by saying, well, if it was if it was sheet music, I would be the exact same. I would I just be playing what's the on the page. Thing. Yeah, I was <laughs> such an ignorant little shit about it for so long. Of, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, the tabs are great, and I know everything, and I'm just a human jukebox now. Yep, that's all and, I need. That's all I need. Yeah. Yeah, it took a very long time of writing music to start learning. Like, oh wait, now I get it. <laughs> now I'm yeah. actually getting better. <laughs> I wish I learned yeah. how to read music. Whoops. Oh man, <laughs> I tried to teach myself how to read music. I mean, most of the music that I know, I I learned like just on my own. Like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this out. Yeah. Um, and I I just wasn't motivated enough to learn music because I feel like as a it's a language that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of it helps to be taught and walked through and people giving me assignments always helps me because even in terms of like language, I've been learning Greek for the last couple of years and I feel as though if if I was in a class and I spent even half as much time as I have on my own, I'd be way further because sure. I I need someone else to give me assignments, even though I hate homework. <laughs> You know? Yeah, well, it's just it's at. it's like the accountability of someone being like, "Hey, did you do this?" Yeah, and being yeah. able to tell you, "You're so close. You're just so slightly off." And once yeah. you get it, it's going to be in the right key, and you're going to understand it. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, and I think in in my in my efforts to learn and play music, there was a point 
where I had written a bunch of songs and I felt like I was at my ceiling. Like, I don't know what else to do. I don't know how to make this different. I don't know how to make it better. I know, I like, I recognized that I was bumping my head on something. Mm-hmm. And I sat down with somebody for, I was like, bro, just give me, give me like 20 minutes. I have like just a few questions and I'm, I'm, I'm you're going to, I'm sure you're going to help me. He's like, all right, I'll give you just a couple minutes. And so I asked him uh, simply, why does this chord have these notes? Okay. Why? Yeah. Right? And he's like, oh, well, because that chord is, is built on this like one, three, five. Right. And I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? Right. And so he took me through. And once I understood like the mathematics of it, that mm-hmm. like opened up my mind and I was like, okay, so now I can, Oh, that makes so much sense. Now I can yeah. play with all of these scales and things now. And I understand why, you know, instead yeah, of it, just like, oh, because it sounds terrible if you don't play it like this, you know. Yeah, it's truly amazing to learn the honest to God bare bones about how much it changes yeah. the world. Yeah. <laughs> like you learn everything. I, it opens up your entire like, yeah. process, like so, like songwriting process and like how songs are built. Yeah. And I just, I felt like a three-year-old, you know, mm-hmm. learning how to use a spoon for the first time. <laughs> it's like, oh, look at how much I can pick up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. That's great. Um, but so, band. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I'm learning guitar at the same time I'm learning drums. Like, right. so it's through this haphazard way that I ju- we just talked about. And so, this kind of goes back to the skateboarding thing where... I was making friends and I'd tell them like, Hey, I love this cool thing. I think you should be into this cool thing. Some people are skateboarding. Some people it's like, Hey, have you heard of these 30 bands? Here's a, here's a stack of burnt CDs. I'd love you to listen to them. Oh, Oh, you like these bands. What if you started playing guitar and we started a band and like, and like truly with, I, I do mean this in all sincerity and not tooting my own horn. Like, my first band I built because I was like, I like these people. I'd like to play music with them. My my friend Luke, who sang in that band, he had put, had taken some guitar lessons but didn't really play guitar that much. Mm-hmm. And I taught him how to play guitar. Like, I taught him, like, this is, like, these are songs. Like, we should learn to play these songs. I think they're pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I convinced my brother to play bass. I'm like, we're going to be in a band. you got to play bass. It's easy. You can do it with one finger. It's yeah. so easy. <laughs> And then I, my friend Dom, I was like, Dom, you've never played music. I think you're going to play drums because I want to play guitar in this band. So I think you you're going to play drums. And you're going to come over to my house once a week, and we're going to learn drums. And all this, I kind of built the band, and we started writing songs while I was recovering from my shoulder surgery. Hmm. And so all of this happens. And then when I finally am a good, like I'm finally good, we played our first show, like se- spring of my senior year of high school. Wow. And then I was in that band for until I left Albuquerque for like seven Whoa. years. And yeah, it was my first band was the band I was in forever. And we grew and we became better and we kind of adjusted things like eventually Dom didn't really want to do it anymore. So I moved to drums and we got another okay. guitar player. But like my first band was my band and like we took it on tour and did stuff and it was, it was awesome. That's amazing. That's amazing. What was the name of that band? Oh, man, it's not a great name. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we were called The Ill Motion. You know, like the... synonym for sick, The Ill Motion. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's all right. You can find our, 
our last record we made is on Bandcamp for free. I'm very proud of it still to this day. Really? That's amazing. Yeah. If I can if I can scrounge it up, do you mind if I play a clip? At I some would point? Lo- I would love for you to play some of December Low, the first song on that album. I think it's De- December Loathe? Uh low. L O W. Like feeling low. low. Yeah. Nice. I think it is. I, I, I'm I'm very proud of it. I think it's a I think we did good. Nice. All right. So Aaron, is there anything else that you can think of uh that has happened in life that is a a direct or indirect result of kind of building a life on an affinity for skateboarding and everything that brought you? How much time do we have? Because <laughs> I give can me point one, give, to Give me one more nugget, one more okay. nugget, one little thing. Okay, else. so here's a little, here's a, a, a nugget, I guess. Um, so when I start skating is mm-hmm. also the same time my parents got divorced. And it gave me an outlet to feel a need and a want to get out of the house. Um, okay. And so it was something that I could make my own and do, and, and it, it came at a good time. You know, it's it's hard to look back in hindsight because, like, it, you know, I'm now in my, in my late 20s. And I can be like, yeah, that was probably a good thing for me. But when I was a kid, yeah. it's like, no, nah, I just want to do this. This is the best thing in my life. Yeah. So that was a, uh, yeah, that that is absolutely something that kind of helped me in that time. All right. Yeah. That is a that is a fantastic nugget. Thank you for that. Yeah, of course. Oh man. That's great. Okay, so I would have one more question. Is there anything that's off limits? Oh, no, not at all. No? No, not at all. Not even a little bit. Okay. Cool beans. All right, so what happens now is we're going to take a moment, and when we come back, we're going to hear the short story that I wrote for Aaron. It's going to be called Other Aaron. I'll read through that, and then Aaron and I are going to discuss. We'll talk a little bit about how closely he feels maybe his life may have veered in that direction had he chosen something else or how far away he feels what similarities there may or may not be and i'm generally we'll just we'll just talk about uh how fun it is to have imaginative you know when you play around with the idea of what if even though it's it's not it's we're not coming at it as in a what if where I feel most of the time when people discuss these sorts of things, it's from a place of regret. This mm-hmm. is literally just a thought exercise on, hey, we make decisions in life, and that's cool. What happens if something else happens? You know, I love it. I can't wait to see what you write. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, so wait just a few seconds, and when we come back, we'll hear the story.
Welcome back. That was December Low by the Ill Motion. One of the band members, Aaron, who we've uh, who's been our guest today on the podcast, was in that band. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. All right. So at this point of the podcast, we are going to read through the short story that I wrote for Aaron. This is called Other Aaron, hence the title of this episode. Uh, and then Aaron and I are going to chat about it. We'll talk about what he sees in himself, uh, maybe um, how much of himself he can see in Other Aaron and so on and so forth. Let's get right to it. Excited. All right. What about this one? The store clerk, in an effort to pump his sales of used games, presents Other Aaron with a BMX game from 2002. It's five bucks cheaper. What do you think? Other Aaron stares intently at the two games in his hands, Tony Hawk in his left and Dave Mira in his right. Weighing the coolness of both against their cover art, Other Aaron asks, but which one is cooler? I mean, I have a skateboard. Can I learn cool moves from this game? Undeterred, the clerk retorts, I guess. But you have a bike too, right? Can you imagine doing sweet tricks on the way to school? It's so much faster too. I'd go with the BMX game for sure. Not completely sold, other Aaron judges for a few moments longer. Maybe just flip a coin? Yeah, I have a coin. Heads is Tony Hawk and tails is Dave Mira. Cool? Smacking his teeth, he says, all right, sure. Flip it. The store manager, overhearing the exchange, chimes in, wait. Why not just grab Assassin's Creed? It's better than both of those. Here, if you snag Assassin's Creed, I'll toss in one of these card packs. You play Pokemon or any of these? Other Aaron's eyes filled with excitement. He drops the two games on the counter and slides over to the manager shouting, I love Pokemon, I'll take it. The annoyed employee <laughs> gives his manager an annoyed side eye and heads to the back. Some time later, the light of the sunrise fills the house. Other Aaron's mother makes her way down the hallway, tracing the light on the wall with her fingers. A moving blue light at the end of the hall plays with the steady warm of orange from the sun. She sees other Aaron sitting in front of the TV with his headphones on, eyes wide and full of wonder. Her hand gently taps him on the shoulder and then softly removes the headphones. Uh, other Aaron, sweetie, have you been up all night? Startled, other Aaron shouts, ah! Don't sneak up on me! What did you say? <laughs> did you stay up all night? Is it morning already? Sweetie, don't do that. You can see the sunlight. It's shining right in your face. I don't know. I mean, it could have been the game. This game. This game is amazing. You can run on walls and do flips and parkour. I want to parkour. <laughs> What's that now? Par parkour, Mom. You jump on stuff and off stuff and through stuff, and you can do flips. I want to do flips. Flips? Like gymnastics? Aren't you a little old to get into gymnastics? What? Ma I don't want to go to the Olympics, Mom. I just want to parkour. <laughs> Some time passes. Protection? Check. 
Other Aaron secures his elbow and knee pads, pulls his gloves with the wrist protectors back, yanks the tie on his shorts tight and knots his shorts and shoes tightly. Let's go. He takes off, moving effortlessly through the obstacles at the playground, hopping onto and off the slides, the monkey bars, and up and down the seesaw. He jumps over a swing between the chains, landing in the sand with a tumble and roll. Back on his feet, in an instant, he j continues his jog. Jumping up to grab a single parallel bar, he swings around in a full 360-degree turn before letting go in excitement. He sticks the landing perfectly, and newly confident, he rushes off to the staircase next to the overpass, hovering over the walkway leading into the park. Eyeing a flagpole at one end of the overpass, he charges with all his might. Leaping gracefully into the air, he takes hold of the flagpole with one hand and spins around, letting go right where he started, and took his momentum into a cartwheel and somersault in the grass just off the pass. Again, he shouts and heads back across the overpass, lining up his path. He decides one hand isn't enough and endeavors to take the flagpole with two hands and spin completely parallel to the ground. He charges, sidestepping walkers and joggers, reaching top speed just before he springs into the air. Both hands land on the flagpole and begins to spin around. But as he makes his revolution, his grip loosens. He is flung off the flagpole and onto the walkway below. In a panic, other Aaron extends his hands to catch his fall. They do little to slow him down and his little body crashes face first into the pavement below. A bevy of oohs and dams arise from onlookers and then silence. Other Aaron isn't moving. His lifeless body lays face down. <laughs> Blood begins to accumulate under his face. Two kids run to his side to check on him. A young woman follows closely behind, and as they rotate him, other Aaron, choking on his blood, coughs up teeth and phlegm. His left arm is visibly broken, and his right isn't responding to his efforts to lift it. One of the boys rests other Aaron's head on his lap, and someone screams, Someone, call 911. The sun was out. It was bright and warm. The air was clean. There's only darkness now. Some time later, well... Looks like your arms are perfectly set and will heal completely. You might have to keep the cast on for a few months, but you're going to be all right. That grill, though, I'm sorry, but that's going to have to stay on for a few months, relays Dr. Patricia Linsky. She's been their family doctor for as long as other Aaron has been alive. She's the only doctor he has ever seen, and he trusts her completely, but not this time. Not today. He couldn't accept he would be in an upper body brace that held his two casted arms in place for less time than he would be eating out of a straw. Unable to voice his concerns, he closed his eyes and with a soft whimper, cried to himself. At home, honey, I know you can't play your game right now, but I was, I was wondering if you'd like it if I set you up a little piano. You can set it up to have all kinds of sounds and you don't even have to move your arms to play it. What do you think? Other Aaron's mother, desperate to lift the spirits of her broken child, presents him with a 25-key mini keyboard. Having done the homework, she places a laptop next to him, preloaded with several programs that have a myriad of sounds and effects. Here, it's simple. Just try it. Just one little finger is all you need. He looks down at the tiny keyboard and sighs through his grill. He blinks slowly and nods. Excited, she places the keyboard under his hand and a pair of headphones over his ears so he can reach it with no effort and play it to his heart's content. She leaves the room and can hear tapping sounds as she walks away. Some time passes and we hear, coming to the stage next is someone who needs no introduction. Give it up 
for flagpole dinner, a voice screams into the darkness of the full theater. Intersecting lights hit the stage from all directions as a fog machine whirs and fills the room with smoke. The capacity crowd roars with applause. A single ethereal note rings out, which spurs the crowd. A keyboard setup is affixed at downstage center. The floor just behind it opens, and other Aaron rises from the depths. He's wearing his performance uniform, elbow pads, knee pads, gloves that protect your wrists, and tightly knotted athletic shorts. He's holding a 25-key MIDI keyboard. He lifts it above his head, switching notes, cueing the light show. The crowd grows silent in pregnant anticipation, alternating between notes. His speed increases 60 beats per minute, 70, 90, 110, 220. The lights shift to the upper levels at stage left, and they begin to growl with the changing of notes. As the lights traverse the crowd, the growl follows. Now all the sections of the house have a light on them, and deafening screams bring chills to other Aaron. Starting at the base, covered in its entirety. He slams the MIDI keyboard into its slot on his full setup and the rest of his band emerges from the sides. He goes into his very first track, Broken on My Creed, before a sold-out, enthusiastic crowd. The end. That's all it took for me to become famous? That's it. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> Swinging on a flagpole, breaking your arms. That's all you needed, bud. That is all oh you God. needed. D, that was awesome. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was so good. Right on, right on. Good, I'm glad. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was worried, and uh, yeah, I, it got bad for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it did, didn't it? It did. Yeah. It's a little scary. Yeah, uh, a little bit. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know why that came up. I was, like, as I started writing, it was uh, taking place in, uh, in, like, what would have been a, a GameStop, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but I realized that Assassin's Creed came out about the time that you picked up skateboarding. Okay. Or at least it was it was still pretty hot um, yeah, yeah. back then. So I was like, oh, you know what? No, oh, he becomes parkour. And then I don't know why I broke you. I'm sorry. Oh, it's great. No, it's it's excellent. I yeah. I love it. <laughs> Good. Good. All right. So um, I, I, this one may have been uh, filled with a little bit more um, excitement and fancy in terms of what happened versus building other Aaron as a character. Uh, but I mean, do you see, can you see any parallel in yourself to, to other Aaron? Ooh, I mean, it's, it, it does feel like, I mean, I don't feel like other Aaron, uh, really gives up hope. I feel like mm -hmm. his lowest emotional state is deserved. He, uh, mm -hmm. he's very hurt. Yeah. I, I understand being not super excited about life, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like to, I guess I like to believe that I can, uh, I, I don't know that I take to something and I, and I put my passion into it. I like mm -hmm. that a lot. Yeah. Um, I like the other Aaron's a showman. <laughs> I think that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was, it was, uh, I, I enjoyed picturing what, uh, other Aaron would be doing on stage, you know, just like, feeding to this crowd like having seen you on stage and watching you perform and um watching your energy like in that moment it was it was fun to kind of take from that and kind of put into you know how he might try and whoa you know like run oh, yeah. up the crowd oh in in a perfect world where i'm have thousands and thousands of adoring fans i i would milk it I, i'd get them oh, yeah. going I, i'd uh -huh. like to believe I'd, i i could do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Oh man. That's very funny. I, I wasn't sure the route you were going to take because when you introduced it, I was like, joke's on you, D. I also had Dave Mira BMX. Oh, did you? <laughs> <But then> you yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That, that's yeah, fair. but then you introduced the, the Assassin's Creed and I was like, oh, check that out. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. That's so, that's so funny. And, you know, part of me was like, I'm sure he had all of those games, right? But oh, yeah. remembering what you were saying, how specifically Tony Hawk uh, and uh, his curation of music really informed your own, you know, musical stylings. One thousand percent. Like I yeah. can, we, we we touched on it last time, but yeah, yeah. Like those that first soundtrack specifically, I can still. I think I can still name every song off, and and I'm like, oh yeah, like three of those are like some of my all time favorite bands. Right. And the second one. Bunch of stuff I also love to the end of the earth. Yeah. So like I, I it's uh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I just I I think it is a hundred percent accurate that without those influences, you totally would have been an EDM artist. I, I think it's it, of course. Like what else yeah. would I have done? Yeah. I, I, I was broken, I had the tools, and it's like, mm -hmm. well, I'm growing up when Skrillex becomes big. Why am I not Skrillex? Exactly. Like you other Aaron is, you know, secretly Skrillex. Yeah. Or or Dead would, Mouse or Daft Punk, you know? Yeah, or Marshmallow. Yeah, yeah or Marshmallow. The, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you know. To be honest, though, there was there was a small part of me that was like, "Can I turn him into like a Daft Punk's type of person?" So like, okay, the idea of having your a jaw wired shut. Um, and this is like, so I I knew a kid when I was in high school who was in an accident and ended up both of his arms broken in a brace and his jaw wired shut. So I just, I took that straight away. So in my head, like morphing other Aaron into that and then into a musical artist, I was like, okay, if he hasn't talked for a while, right. Because of this brace, maybe that's part of his shtick, but I was like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't literally want to rip off, you know? Oh, sure. No, but it's good. That's it's fun. good. I like it. I, I definitely yeah. knew where we're going. And I, right I thought on. it worked. Good. It was great. Good, good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, good. Uh, can, so, go ahead. Oh, can I ask you a question? Oh, yes, please. Were you uh, ever into parkour ever? Um, yes and no. I, I don't. I, I never did parkour, but I was always like kind of fascinated by a lot of the high energy um, movement. And when I was when I was a kid, I wanted to be in gymnastics. Okay. Because um, I, I just wanted to be able to flip. Right. Yeah. Because I, f I figured if I could flip, then I was that much closer to being a ninja. Okay. That makes I'm, sense. Yeah. And I'm not even kidding. Like little 13 year old D was like, yo, I'm going to be a ninja and this is how you do it. <laughs> you know? Of course. That, so, that thing, that's a, a job that we all yeah, know. And <laughs> that, is a, that, that is a real life aspiration, being a ninja. You just, you get there I by flipping, that. you know? Of course. Yeah. I mean, you, can't, so, you can't do a flip kick if you can't do the flip. Right. Right, it's just a kick then, and that's not a ninja. Ninjas don't no, just kick. To, that's yeah. a guy. Yeah, that's just a dude. I don't want to be just a yeah. dude. So yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, but so like I became pretty enthralled with it. Um, but then it was like, uh, I didn't live in a lot of the or like at the time I wasn't I wasn't somewhere where I could just go to like a town square and then start jumping mm -hmm. on stuff. Right. Okay. Uh, so I, it, it would have been like in my mid twenties at the time when I was like really hot for it. 
So I was like, oh, and I was I was like living in Puerto Rico um, sure. at the time. And then even when I came back, I was like, oh, I'm not in a place where I can do it. So I I never really gave it much thought after that. But I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed watching it. Okay, um, that's cool. So yeah, and so did other Aaron. He picked yeah, it up. I mean, he he loved <laughs> so it. Great. Yeah. So ah, right on, man. So um, in in so far as the story goes, uh. I'm trying to think, is there, is there, is there anything about it where you feel like you could place yourself and it would be different or, um, and in, and in what way do you think? So I, cause I, the time jumps really kind of, uh, like isolate each section where it's like, okay, like, you know, like if this thing goes different, maybe it doesn't turn into this. Right. But I think the moment that I can that seems the easiest to put myself into is a, it'd be the, when, when you're broken and at home, like, um, and I, uh, I like, you know, I I think of like, Oh, that's nice that this gesture of just being like the mom being nice and like, Oh yeah, you need something to do to make you feel better about this. Yeah. Is such a cool idea. And then it turns into constructively using time Mm -hmm. because I, unfortunately know myself to be like well i'd probably just like watch 100 movies and not do anything and not do anything terribly constructive yeah so um i like this version of me where he has all the time in the world and Mm -hmm. manages to turn it into something very positive and productive yeah so i feel like the i feel like he had two options one say yes and you know figure out this little machine fall in love with it and do something with it or mm-hmm. learn how to live life using his feet oh okay right and uh that popped into my head because growing up my best friend until about fourth grade when his family moved away uh, his father was born with no arms and his legs only went uh from hip to knee Oh right. So in, instead of having the bottom half of the leg, uh, his feet were right there. Okay. Right. So they were uh, short legs, like full size for him, but uh, he had no knees. It was just okay. straight hip to ankle. Uh, and the, the length was about the length of a normal uh, like femur. Okay. Um, and so he did everything with his feet. He could sure. write, he could shave everything with his feet. Um, and when I would hang out at my friend's house, uh, he taught me how to do things with my feet. Now I can't quite write with my feet or anything like that, but, (laughs) um, I got pretty good at being able to grab stuff and control things with my feet. Like, um, I got pretty flexible with like reaching for cabinet drawers or the refrigerator, things like that. Uh, that is remarkable. Yeah. I mean, Uh yeah because so, i'm thinking of like my foot and i'm like doing this as we're talking mm-hmm. and i feel like anyway if i really try i can like wiggle each toe independently or do something okay. but in my mind like all i can picture is like i can just grab with all of them but uh-huh. i can't think that's so remarkable to be able to use your foot as more than just a, a grabbing device yeah right yeah so it was it was like i would i would just watch him shave like in the mornings uh after like a sleepover we would get up have some cereal 
and then he was like oh i'm gonna shave right so he would like have his kids sometimes grab him some other things uh mm-hmm. but then i would just watch him and he would like use the brush to lather up the the shaving cream and then lather his face using his feet you know it was like phenomenal watching this dude that is unbelievable I, yeah yeah wow <laughs> yeah and, and luckily he was like he was cool with me being interested you know and i like i want to say that i never gawked at him like oh my gosh this is so weird what is happening mm-hmm. it was more like how do you do that I like true intrigue like yeah absolutely yeah, I, I i want to know about your life <laughs> yeah yeah and so uh I, his son had no desire none so i would always make fun of him that i was a better son to his dad than he was <laughs> because look well, look at all the things i can do with my feet right and so and it's funny because he was junior right okay he, he was a junior so that's how i would rip little 10 year old you know yeah. d looking for fights i guess with his bestie you of know, course, ribbon him that of way. Course. It's always to be a parent's favorite, even when you're not the uh, the actual kid. <laughs> yeah, the actual child. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, coming out of coming out of like those tough times in life, if if that's the part that you can identify with, mm-hmm. what um, what has brought you out of those times? outside of the story but connecting with it in that way like oh Mm -hmm. i know what it's like to be like in hanging on to the bottom rung of that ladder trying to figure out how to climb back up what what has brought you out of those kind of low points um that's a good question um i guess i would probably say the support of people who care about me that's typically what helps i mean that's what if i'm feeling really low mm-hmm. you know if someone like hearing from someone or just like, it, it could be as simple as just like i don't know someone saying hey you want to talk about this basketball game that happened last night like that makes me feel good just knowing someone's thinking of me even if they have no idea that there's something wrong like there's something sure. bad is happening and that typically helps me because when I'm feeling low like that, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. it's that, like, that feels very isolating. So someone contacting me or someone, you know, it could be my wife, it could be a brother, it could be a friend, like someone just saying like, like just acknowledging me and, and showing some love. And, and again, it doesn't have to be like, it's okay. Your arm's going to heal. But just right. knowing I'm, I'm being thought of that helps me. And that helps yeah. me kind of start building the momentum to mm. do something whether i mean you know not that you have to do something if you're hurting but sure to, yeah. to, 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 i know me of if i'm feeling low i want to get my momentum back because that makes me feel good right right on i can dig that have you have you ever been um seriously physically injured uh I, but outside of like dislocated shoulders um yeah no, like the like I I broke my wrist when I was five, but that Ooh. was just being a you know a dumb kid kind of thing. Right. Um, but no, I I'm very fortunate that all of my every injury I've had has been pretty much the exact same spot. Oh yeah, <laughs> and t- typically only involves uh, one arm being in a brace. So. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm very 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 thankful for that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird. So like growing up, I'd. Um, I have broken 
something on each of my legs at different points. Okay. Um, and then I, for like two months, I had lockjaw my, my junior year of high school. Oh. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. Yeah, I never figured out where it came from. Um, I, I, like, I was never taken to the doctor for it. My parents were just like, oh, I'm sure you'll be fine someday. Let's let's pray about it, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. So for like months, I was like just shoving food through like this, like half inch gap that I could actually get my mouth open, just like squeezing whatever I could in there, and then trying to nibble on it, you know. Um, oh my god! But I have only been injured like one time, to the point where I was like, okay, I'm gonna be laid up for a while. Mm-hmm. I was in a car accident. Uh, where I was riding my bike and I got doored. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And I like caught the corner of the door, like right in my neck. Um, so I was like, I was, I was, I was down for the count for like a few weeks. Right. Oh my goodness. And, um, I want to say, I'm like, I'm trying to think of what really helped motivate me to, Mm -hmm. to get out of the funk because I put on like 45, 50 pounds during that oh, time because sure. i was literally just eating and watching tv and eating and you know just sitting in my in my in my bedroom um and i think like i i had randomly had gotten a few requests like friend requests from people that i remembered from like high school or college or something like that and i was mm-hmm. like oh Oh, okay, that that feels nice, you know. Like people are interested in connecting with me, and I mean, obviously, social media it means like literally nothing when most people send you a friend request. It's just like, oh, I know this person from this time. Let's be connected yeah. and never talk still. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, but I was like swayed by that moment. So I, like, I'm on a similar wavelength as you, is like feeling, you know, thought of or cared about or you know, desired in some way. It's powerful to motivate the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's feeling low. It comes in a lot of different forms and it can be because you actually got hurt. Like someone harmed you. Yeah. So yeah, it was bad. I did not enjoy that. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it was. And it was weird too. I ended up like flipping onto the hood and then rolling off. And so I'm laying between two cars and my neck, is throbbing and i was like uh did i just break my neck and the dude is like oh man are you okay i was like you should probably call an ambulance because my neck hurts and i didn't want to get up but i had an aunt um i mean i want to say in like 1990 who uh she fell down a flight of sta- uh, flight of stairs okay. and somebody like her friend came to her aid and lifted her up she didn't know that her neck was broken uh, yeah and so lifting her up uh kind of made it, it exacerbated the injury so that she could not recover from it uh and so i was like weird. fearful in that moment like my neck hurts and i i i know someone like one degree away know someone my auntie who lived with me that summer and after like days to weeks after she moved out you know right so I was like, uh, just call an ambulance. And the ambulance yeah. came and they're like, hey, bud, what's up? And like this fireman like crawled under this car with me so he could look at me. I was like, hey, hey man, uh, <laughs> he hit me with his door and my neck hurts and I don't want to move. And he's like, fair enough. 
So they threw a brace on me, rolled me over, put me on a gurney or like uh, one of those uh, boards uh, Mm -hmm. and then took me to the hospital. And it turns out, luckily, that there was no uh, bone break. It was just muscle tear. Oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that that was great. Uh, But the muscle tear is like literally everything is connected to your neck muscle. Right. Right. So I couldn't do anything really with like half of my body. Because anytime I lifted my arm at all, twitched my fingers, my neck is like flexing. And I'm like, ah, 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 ah. You know? Oh, God. Yeah, so. That's rough. Holy guacamole. Yep. Roof stoof indeed. Roof stoof. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, it all ended up uh, working out for the best, I guess. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad you're okay now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that, at least to my knowledge, you don't have a... Uh, ongoing symptom from this yeah as, as far as i can tell luckily i don't good. which is nice good so that's great cool beans all right uh is there anything else that you would like to add to the other you conversation other aaron conversation um you know i honestly just want to thank you for painting me in such a wonderful light where i get to <laughs> have this wonderful life where i'm a star yeah and i had a terrible injury but i recovered and that's yeah. That's real nice. Yeah, <laughs> and I no appreciate sweat. you spending time writing a story about me. It's yeah, so cool. No problem. It was super fun. It is. I'm I'm learning though that um, not everything ends up with a happy ending. Um, sure. So, uh, you like you lucked out because yours had like a really good ending. Some of the other ones I I've was, written, I'm like, ooh, dang. Yeah, I was legitimately very scared I was going to get hit by a car and that'd be the end of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> the like end. That's what was going to happen. It's like two minutes in and he's dead. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I, I was a little worried about it. <laughs> so thank you for not killing me. Hey, no sweat, I'm man. glad I... You no should sweat. keep a tally of who, like, happy ending versus not so happy ending. That's a good, that's a good point. I'll, 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 I'm going to have to look through them and... Find the the ones that are the happiest and the ones that are the not happiest, I guess. Well, thank you again for I'm honored that you not only wanted to write a story about me, but gave me a nice life. So thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. No problem. No problem. All right. I'd like to thank again my guest, Aaron Wimmer, um, my buddy of a few years now. Really like this guy. Aaron, tell us where we can find you on social media. Are you working on any projects right now? What are you into? Oh, you know, I'm not nothing that's terribly public at the moment, but you know, I'm always trying to get some stuff together. You can find me uh, in social media at at Aaron J Wimmer. That's on Twitter and Instagram, so that's where I'm at. And that's anything I have going on will be there. So thank you. Awesome, great, I appreciate awesome. it. And don't forget to check out his band, The Ill Motion. Uh, I'll uh, there will be a um, a link to his Bandcamp page at the bottom of this um story so feel free to check them out thank you again aaron appreciate it thank you so much for having me d yeah that's what all right guys uh the next show will be out next week please come back more stories of other use till next time bye-bye